Seven, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. Good luck, studio. That's oh, just what you've been waiting for, dears. Another episode of the Shy Life Podcast coming right up. Oh, it's the Shy Life Podcast. All I wanted was a pie, and then I hatched out of an egg. Okay, bring the mic over. He's ready to record. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Is it metaphorical? Is it is it deep? Is it deep? Oh boy, he's got all that shy is right. Blimey, Governor, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Excellent. Five hundred, five hundred, seven, 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 Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? Ah, I'm good. Well, um, I've got Nick here today. Hello. Hello. Um, But we are also going to talk to another guest who has been on the show before. Um, Usually when he's been on, I've asked the regulars to guess who it is and they've come up with ridiculous suggestions. I'm not going to ask Nick to do it. Um, Nick knows who the guest is and... um, well, it's it's Muffley on tour, and we'll run the theme music. And when we come back, we'll be talking to him. No regulars involved this time. Nobody, nobody's going to be uh, um, apart guessing. from me. Well, no, yes, you're a regular, but you, you, you know, you know who the guest is. So, right, yeah. right, let, let's run that theme music. Darling, it's the Shy High Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. I'll, I'll go anywhere for potato. Delicious. Hello, Captain. How are you? You quite like a big time, don't you? Go, Shy Yeti. Oh, I hope you haven't found out my secret. Do you think he has? If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. It's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> I'd like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have a string to drawn to Yeti Yeti John's ankles as well. <laughs> but has the Shy Life Podcast slowed down? I don't think so. It's all green and easy. Yum, 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 yum. Has anyone seen my hot sausage? <laughs> hello, 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 hello. How you doing? Yeah, all good. It's a bit grey and dreary here in Leeds. I don't know what it's like for you folks. Yeah, it's pretty wet. (laughs) Ah, yeah. Uh, The only good thing about that is that it means that um, I don't have to go out and do the weeding today. So, yeah. You haven't done a run. You haven't done a run today. Oh, God forbid, no. I I had a lion and um, I did a a dawn raid at the supermarket when it was nice and quiet. And then I've just been hibernating ever since. And... um, Angelique's downstairs watching French TV, watching like gruesome French true crime things as well. So, yes, <laughs> that will keep her entertained as long as it doesn't give her ideas. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I came back sopping wet from the, the laundrette just before Paul arrived. So, uh, so yeah, I've, I've had a had a had a gut full of it already. Uh, I'm only going out once more, and that's to get a take. Uh, Paul's treating us to a takeaway, so hope, hope, hopefully it'll be reasonably dry when I'm out there. <laughs> is this going to be a Chinese by any chance? Sure is. <clears throat> but sometimes I have the uh, the Indian option at the Chinese. So. Uh, okay. Okay. But I think I quite like the, I quite like the Chinese 
Indian curries. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. So um, I'm a bit sort of Chinese out this week because I was in the office on Thursday and I got nominated to go into town and do a group wasabi order. Yeah. Um, so um, and then I actually did have, yeah, a um, Chinese chicken curry yesterday. So, um, yeah, it's been um, gnocchi with a sort of creamy ragu for lunch. Which sounds more fancy than it is. It's basically just what's in the fridge and just throw it in a pan. So, My office is just smack by the canteen. It's the last office you can get before you get the can- canteen. So yeah. we're, 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 we don't really want for it. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't have a canteen, unfortunately. Oh, there's like a cafe, but it's ridiculously overpriced. So, um, yeah, I'll tend to avoid it. So, Nick, the thing is, I think I've said this to Paul as well. I feel like I already know you in a weird way. Oh. <laughs> in a nice way. And that's what I'm, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, sort of, um, and you know, if I if I go Gaga, um, <laughs> it, uh, all, all my life is, or you know, the the um, Shy Life podcast is is the equivalent of my life flashing before my eyes in audio. <laughs> Absolutely, and I just want to um, doff the proverbial about um, your films, which I've been yeah. um, looking over again this morning. Um, Run Faster Than the World, The Old School Lie, uh, Prison in the Sun, which um, I was enjoying very much just before lunch. No, I mean, I hope you take this the right. You should be very proud of that body of work because yeah. I know sort of from a creative point of view, it must have been a real slog and some of them more of a slog than others to sort of get over the line. I think when, when you look back, you think, why on earth didn't I actually buy? Because until one more bow, I didn't have a video camera. So I, oh, right. I was borrowing pools, I was borrowing Elaine's, I was borrowing, uh, I was renting them, which was... My dad I mean, had one as well, didn't we? So he borrowed yeah, his sometimes. You always got a horrendously uh, sort of knackered machine when you rented. And um, I thought, why didn't I, you know, one that actually go out and... Because I'm a generation that grew up with renting. So I, just, I just rented everything. And my parents were very kind of... You kind of grew up with that sort of frugal kind of, oh, you sure you want to buy this, you know, kind of. But Absolutely. No, yes. This is basically what they all look like on DVD. Um, ah. So I basically, my friend, my very good friend Keith, um, sort of, well, I digitalized and then he put them into actual um, uh, boxes. And um, he designed, that's the one for Prison in the Sun. Sorry. I'm... Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they're sort of all here. Apart from, apart unfortunately from "Decry the Woman," which was directed by Andy Ching, and he he's been saying for thirteen years, yeah, oh no, no, don't worry, I'll 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 do that cut. And and now of course, uh, physical media is, is 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 sailing away from us. Hopefully not permanently. And sure. uh, I'd, I'm still waiting for him to do it. Of <laughs> yeah. the films or those kind of projects you've done. I was thinking, like, what was your, I'll phrase this in a certain way, what was your most enjoyable project and what do you think is your best project? So that's two questions that two. might not be the same. Uh-huh. Um, it's a very shrewd question, actually, because um, I think probably the most enjoyable was Run Faster because uh-huh. I just got immersed in the story. Um, a tragic sideline to it is my girlfriend had just died, uh-huh. And um, so I was kind of, um, I built up this big, big project. And on the very day, well, day before it happened, she died. And I've kind of had all these people relying on me to get me through this. So I just absolutely 
completely went for sure. Sure. And and I was just blind. To, I mean, inevitably, when you look back at these things, you wish you'd gone back. And like, oh, I'm, you know, because I spent five months trying to find the lead because the original, it was originally written for a lady called Joe Walpole, who I'd seen in Shakespeare. And I thought, oh, yeah, and I hardly knew her. And I said, well, look, you can you can script edit it with me and do all these things. And of course, she she buggered off and because she wanted to be a, a, a second row from the back of Mikado or something like that. So Indeed. I felt it dumped upon. So I, I, I eventually found Renata. But that time, I, I could, again, why didn't I buy a computer? It was it was stupid. Um, it was very expensive to to kind of rewrite because I had this rather expensive sort of halfway between a word processor and a um, typewriter. And um, I, I, I wish I'd spent five months sort of polishing the script rather than that. But yeah, that was that was an emotional journey. Sure, oh. sure. Um, on the back of that, I also, One More Bow was enormous fun. Um, and we actually had time for rehearsals. That oh, amazing. <laughs> we had rehearsals. That was, um, we've got most of the rehearsal footage on, on some of the other ones. I, I must put it out there. but. And um, that the two the, we got the the two girls right on that, and it was a nice fun one. And I actually had my own camera, which <laughs> a weight was lifted from everyone's shoulders. Um, best one, I. It depends really what you're looking. I always try to do a completely different thing. Sure, I sure. Comedy and slapstick and everything. Um, I think probably. From a technical point of view and scripting point of view, different colour graveyard, which was the very last one I did. Yeah. Uh, um, because I was working with somebody I was very close to, you know, a friend, a friend I was very close to. So I pushed her and pushed myself at the same time because we waited 10 years to make the film. And so it was, it, it, so that was probably the technical one. It was only when you put it together, you realise you you'd made something unwatchably harrowing. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> but um, again, one of the things that sunk the boat a bit on that was um, uh, we were going to do it uh, semi-professionally with a company that came in and they were, they were wanting to sort of make it over fancy. They, they wanted sort of, CGI bits when they didn't need to be CGI bits. Oh gosh! And um, and there was very there was a very nice guy called Eric who was almost like a vicar. You know, he was very kind of. You like going to get you through this, and, and, and I hope he's not listening to this. <laughs> um, but he was almost over optimistic. You know, sort of well, okie dokie, um, and I'll be the director in this, but you know, I'm not used to the big technical equipment. And then there was his his partner whose name escapes me probably fortunately it was a beard very like laconic kind of rather surly ex business business management person who brought it all down to earth with a with a bang you know he was kind of like well i want to see a copy of your other stuff mm. it all yeah. took it down to brass and it was it kind of was a bit of a downer and um, they wanted all these kind of fancy contracts for people. And and they, they and I thought, well, uh, there was some technical problem where I wasn't even sleeping. And, and they, were, they were they were saying, oh, they casually said two days before, oh, get in touch with the broker. And I don't what does a broker even do? I don't I've never seen one before. And so in the end, we just let's let's do this. The, what Gareth, who 
was in Prison in the Sun. He's the tall guy yep. with curly hair. Mm. Um, he always calls a, a, a guerrilla filmmaking. And we yeah. just, we just all the four of us, my wife, his wife, and and, and us, we just took off to uh, Cornwall and just did the thing, did the show Fantastic. here. And, and to hell with health and safety, we were walking on jagged rocks and heights. Lovely. Lovely. And we just made it happen. And yeah. Nice, uh, spontaneous, yeah. That's right. Um, so I think that was, that, that was a special one, I think. Um, but no, the, the, it was a very, very enjoyable period of my life. Sure. Are you, are you currently in a theatre group at the moment? I know you've done theatre stuff. Um, is that an ongoing thing at the moment? Well, from the, yes and no. I'm, I'm, I used to be in the Alderby Players and Studio Theatre, mm. uh, both of which I nicked, liberally nicked actors from. Of course. <laughs> um, I'm with... Well, I, I, I think I'm, there's no sort of own membership or anything, but mm. um, Richard Clark, who was in Inquisition in law, he has his own film film company now called ah. CP. And um, he's, I've said, you know, he said, oh, do you want to come and do something? And I said, well, I'll do writing and I'll do acting, but I'm beyond that, you know, I'm, I'm, the technical aspect was really kind of a secondary thing to me. I was never very good at it. But um, I and I've been in a couple of um, short films that he made for competitions, and I also played the Savile Row Taylor in. I um, saw the Taylor, yes, very awesome. nice, very nice, very and nice. And I'm just waiting for him to kind of get a move on with the next project. Really, I think yeah. he's because he's now doing it professionally. He's doing promotional films for other things, so um, we're just waiting on in the next kind of thing. And I've done um, a rewrite of Inquisition in because he was interested in doing it again. Um, won a stage show that Paul actually saw back in 95 that I wrote called Cradle Snatcher, um, which was about a gay couple and um, who found they have a connection. Um, and that was actually quite controversial at the time, but I, I've rewritten it as a, a, like a film. So uh, not a very long film, but a film. But I've, I've kind of, that was my job to job this year. So I've got that out of the way now. So, um, and I've just written, I'm kind of writing now, just in case things get picked up i've just done a slapstick comedy for kids okay pressure or anything which is about a, a school science project which goes wrong and i'm just doing um this bit bit highbrow this uh, it's it's a sort of parody of the samuel beckett plays which were very sort of a cerebric and weird and mm -hmm. and it's, it's going to be uh, tom from tom and jerry doing a monologue in in that style Okay. It's, okay. It's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a what if he had eaten Jerry in the first 20 seconds of the first film yeah. that they'd done. And, and you know, he reali the realisation that he's killed his career uh, yeah. by eating yeah. this creature. But yeah, that's that's going to be my next writing. But um, I, I just hope Richard brings it on, really. Sure. Um, sure. Theatre wise, I'm always up, open to suggestions, but it's really not. Um, my wife's not all that well, so I'm sure, kind of really yeah. on a lever for long periods. So I'm a, I'm a little bit nervous about committing to theatre at the moment. But sure, I'm 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 in the market for coming back. That's lovely. And bringing Paul in here, um, the book. Where are you? Where are you both with the book at the moment? Over to Mr. Chandler. <laughs> oh, well, still slowly doing the. Uh, well, it was all formatted and ready to go, and because of because of Lulu changing its procedures, it's become very difficult to get it on there. And then Martin Holmes was trying, was helping. You, you almost have to make the file an A5 file 
because I, I always worked on an A4 file and then you just put it on Lulu and it would squeeze it and do it and it would all be fine. So I think I think I'm working on an A5 version of it, but it still looks like an A4 version of it on the screen. Mm. So ah. it's very disconcerting. All I know is that all of the neatly sort of formatted pages are no longer neatly formatted and I'm having to try and neatly format them, presumably in an A5 format. I hope I don't get to the end of the find <laughs> this isn't what's been happening. Um, I'm, I'm I'm quite willing to help. It's difficult. It's just it's just it's just, uh, it's just sort of difficult. Doing it's it. the one outstanding project that that I've been involved with, which hasn't reached quite reached the finishing line. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> the, the rheumatism hasn't hasn't helped as far yeah. as um, uh, 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 as that's concerned. Although, yeah, the working on word files is is or typing things is hard is harder than editing luckily luckily otherwise there wouldn't have been many podcasts <laughs> luckily ed, um, editing podcasts is more of a light touch but yeah but i'm, uh, I'm, but I'm we're on the we're about I'm, half, I'm about halfway through yeah. but i might end up passing it to you it's just i'm yeah. worried that if, if, if i do that then it'll end up half of it will it, it, inevitably it, it it will look different the second half. Well, I've just had to, to be very observant. <laughs> I'm, it's just, it used to be so easy. <laughs> Back in the day, we whacked it out. Uh, it's like when I used to do the, the Chayette on Location videos using Windows Movie Maker, and that was so simple to do. You could just <laughs> edit them really quickly, and then they tried. They just decided <laughs> to make Windows Movie, Movie Maker harder to use to the point where it no longer exists. Just and, for fun. <laughs> they just... <laughs> But it was just nice to be able to have, have an editing package that was really easy to use. Mm. Because I know there are other ones out there, but they're mm. so much more complicated than is needed. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. In, in terms of locations, I mean, do you have any, both of you, do you have any sort of favourite Salisbury locations which were a bit interesting or you go back to or have a certain sort of feel about them, would you say? Um, well, um, we used a lot of them in the Sutton Park days. Of course. That, yes. that, was, the, that was the good thing about doing Sutton Park is, is obviously when you're doing the films you have to think a lot more carefully or um whereas with Sutton Park you can go oh I found a good location yesterday should we go and film there um but we we did with the films and Sutton Park oh, sometimes I do like we were going to do like that Pepperbox Hill mm. which is yeah. outside of Salisbury and we went we were I think we probably filmed there before we did um but then we went there to do a recce for for, for Prison in the Sun mm. And yeah. then also would have been filming some Sutton Park at the same time right. while we were up there. So um, Pepper Box, I remember very much as a kid. You always we always used to go up there for picnics, and um, I think we'd probably been there before, even before that. Mm -hmm. And um, we needed to recreate this Sutton Park. At that the point, I wrote Prison in the Sun. I'd never been to Sutton Park, so I just <laughs> on the. So we needed an approximation. Yeah. Um, and I brought it back. For, we use it again for Rosie Lens. So mm. that would certainly be one of my favourites. One of the, one one I kept going back to, and it's it's in loads. Is um, your home, your, your parental home, uh, <coughs> which features hugely in Sutton Park. Mm. Um, but we did oh, 
we and and the, the surrounding fields as well there's this amazing field the church the, next door the um the waterfall in yeah. rosy lens that that was from Charles. oh really oh, nice. the woods beyond that were in um what? for the chase scene in um gift from eternity and, and, and um, you use the the church next door to my parents in rosy lens yes you introduced but, me to that creepy but then well then but then when it kind of morphs into it being we went there's a church up in the woods that's more ramshackle mm. so and we that's also where mm. the ramshackle the van the van ramshackle chapel is or church yeah. is also where i have my death sequence in in, in run faster in, yeah. Run faster yeah the two, you, you, the two locations i just ran around the back so people yeah. wouldn't recognize it mm. but i have to say on rosie lens uh the, our director andy candish who's a good friend of mine he's now an actor he almost sunk the boat for getting permission for the church because ah, he told the vicar, well, we're doing the film about drugs. Can we use your church? <laughs> kind of like, it's, it's not quite all about drugs, you know. So, I've, and, and yeah, he, a little bit too brazen there. We nearly, the, <laughs> nearly the, lost it. The other source of locations, which I partly used in Southern Park, but they were just also, some of them were just like known locations. But, but in the sixth year at, at the grammar school, you start to do sport. You could avoid doing like the the contact sports. You could go for a cross country run. And in the lower sixth, my friend Robin and I turned our cross country runs because they, they didn't bother sending any teachers to yeah. monitor you. So Robin and I used to turn that into um, like a writer's circle meeting, basically for whatever we were writing. Uh, and um, but I definitely discovered some bits of sports I didn't know quite so well. Like, like the broken bridges mm. and, and and also you went up to old serum and and but it's, it's not not that i didn't know about old serum but i didn't necessarily know the way you could get to it yeah. the different ways you could approach old serum the chalk by pit, which the chalk pit but that, there's, there's but that's a your parents yeah or, or was yeah i mean we, there's a chalk pit by where in harnham where where i lived at the time and um, we used it on a Blake Seven spoof we did before the films really got going we were kind of like okay yeah. figure us out and seeing what we could do and um, we used it extensively in that, and it features him to cry the woman. And um, I think Andrew Candish always wanted to film there. He never got round to it. Yeah, episode fifty. This is the Wogans as well. Yeah, episode fifty of Southern Park. I was trying. Um, there was a cliff, a literal cliffhanger. There was. Yes. I tried to make it look like we were falling off. I can't remember who was attacking who, but some of us were falling off. It was Robin, Harry, and I again. Right. And I did a gen, gen, in Genesis of the Daleks in joke. Um, because it looked just <laughs> yeah. like there was a, a wheel or something um, buried in the, the ground. And oh, here we go. Yeah. From Genesis of the Daleks. And um, and Harry Fulton was with us. Perfect. And I, I, just, I said, I said to you, I just, sorry, I can't resist this. <laughs> Harry, I'm standing on a landmine. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't resist it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but also, um, the, I think that's one of the first times I went to the... What, the Lavastock Hill, or whatever you want to call it, where the, well, there the were, panda, yeah, where the pan, pan there was a, a chalk panda carved into the. By, again, some of the 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 footpaths to I knew it was there, but mm -hmm. I, didn't, I never actually necessarily been up there or mm -hmm. or knew about the footpaths. So some so, so it was one of those things where cross country run uh, benefited my creative process because it it was like a big recce yeah. for going. Mm -hmm. um, but your parents' house in Charlton was marvellous. I, I we used it again and again. Um, it's doubled with so many things. I used their garage in Gift from Eternity when uh, the, the, with the kidnap, and, and I, we used the your dining room in Smile again and upstairs. 
And in fact, I don't think there was. I don't think there's well, any to, part of your, I, your I parents' used, building we haven't. I used to <laughs> use the loft. I used to use the loft to film in. We but yeah. we filmed in your parents' loft as well. We did. Um, yeah, no, no, no location um, went unturned. <laughs> no but, location was safe from us. No, but but um, it's, we're talking about like that, that Pepperbox Hill place we went to, but it was also possible to walk because actually Pepperbox Hill is sort of in the direction of my parents' village, but but there's loads mm. of fields between it. Uh, and uh, I think once I realised that there, I could walk from a couple of times we went to Pepperbox Hill and then I, I walked all the way back. I, and I was also saying to you earlier, because we found a my mum found a, a Sutton Park tape under the bed the other day and we weren't sure whether it had been there for ages or whether when Nick was doing stuff, it, it had um, uh, it just got pushed under the bed. It uh, wasn't one of the missing ones, alas, but uh, and there's very, very, very few episodes that we're, we're missing now. But we were watching it because you thought, well, I'll, better, I'll convert it I'll again. I'll do it, I'll convert it. Do they have the words Fury from the Deep written on it? <laughs> oh, if I... <laughs> but but, but the, um, the, it reminded me because when I, was, when I finished my degree in 95, I was unemployed and living with my parents for, for the sort of summer of 95, which was... Sounds familiar. Oh, yes, <laughs> it was. It was. It was nice. Nice, really, because I wasn't expecting. I was as long as I did the application forms. It was lovely weather. My parents weren't expecting much rent money, but they. So. So you didn't give them much. I did. I, uh, but but there, again, that there was. Oh, I I had plenty of time to kill. So that there there was a nice walk across the fields mm. from so, so I'd sign on. I'd I think I had to sign on around lunchtime. Or just before, or just after lunchtime. Then so I'd meet Nick for lunch, and then I'd walk back across the fields to back to my parents' house, which was, I don't know, four or five miles. But oh, wow. th then I had th that location uh, was my was my um, my stage for whatever Sutton Park episodes I was mm -hmm. doing. I'd just be feel I just filmed the whole time I was walking because I was by, but I was by, I was by myself. But it was at the time when I had the various puppet characters or other characters that I was playing. So I just, there was, you wouldn't see anybody, and I'd just use the next, however long it would take me, two or three hours to walk home. Uh, um, uh, and, you know, and, and you were in the middle of nowhere, so you could have a, you could argue with yourself, playing different characters. No one was going to pop up, you know. You might see a dog. We saw a dog on the video, so you might have seen the odd dog. but uh, They didn't laugh at you. No, they didn't. Um, I, th I think I've just been recently watching some of those Sutton, but is that like around 15, 51? Um, I think that's, that's yeah, if that rings a bell. that you would, um, the Nick was, was earlier than that, but 800s, but, yeah, but, yeah, but not to say I wouldn't have. Well, I was, un I was also unemployed, well, I was unemployed for a couple of months in '96 where I had a job, but the clearance took so long mm. that I had to go on unemployment for two months. Um, so I might well have been walking across fields in in, in '96 as well, but uh, mm. um, but I mean. I mean, with my background, I grew up in a village outside Cambridgeshire, in outside of Cambridge, and um, I think there's probably sort of parallels and sort of, yeah, there was quite a lot of walking around fields. But obviously the thing with Cambridge is it's so flat, it's a bit sort of uninteresting. Um, but one of the sort of curious things, which I'm sure you folks would have, like, jumped the chance at, is that um, 
just outside our village, there's a load of radio telescopes. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link to it at some point. It's the Mullard Radio Observatory. It's actually on the old Cambridge to Oxford railway line. And um, when I was really little, I just assumed that all villages had radio telescopes. <laughs> you would, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And going back to Blake 7, I can remember I have this thing where sort of, you know, memory plays tricks on you. So um, I remember Blake 7 more after Blake had left and we'd play Blake 7 at school. And I was told I was going to be Villa. I was like, well, I have to work well, 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 Villa. I said, no, you're Villa. And obviously Paul Swindon, who was like sort of our sort of sort of not exactly gang leader, but sort of the one that was at like the centre of things. Obviously, he was Avon, and so yeah. Um, yeah, they always they always if, if school friends always nab the best parts. Absolutely, I would have wanted to be Villa. Uh, oh yeah, well you were Villa. <laughs> I know. He, he was Villa in our um, our Blake Seven thing. I don't think it's on YouTube, is it? But um, <laughs> it's it it's it's around. Uh, um, I didn't have leather. I had bin bags. You had bin bags, yes. And um, I was <laughs> Travis, and so was Andy Trowbridge, and. Uh, we had two Rad Travises. We had Brian Croucher and Stephen Greif. I was Stephen Greif and he was Brian Croucher. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we, uh, well, we, we did, there's Andrew Trowbridge and Lisa did a, um, a Blake, a, a, a sequel to that, or Blake Seven The Return, which we, we took about 18 months where they, they, I don't, I think the tapes are currently still lost. Um, but I'd, I'd, I'd love to see, I'd like to get hold the, of that. The early, footage, yeah. the early footage of, of that that's readily available is on Sutton Park yeah. behind the scenes and in fact yeah. I, um, there have been episodes that have gone or, or audio mm. that have gone on audio that I know are taken from that because every, every it's like 98 and everybody is um, together which was becoming rarer and rarer by that point it was um, so, so, so yeah but what, what was what was there were some nice moments in that as well which I'd like to see again because um, your character Otto, who was an original character, a bounty hunter, and you, you had all these bounty bars around your waist, and um, you got shot. And it says in the script, you know, there's an agonizing scream. And I thought, you're giving an agonizing scream to Mr. Chowdler. You know, lock up your scenery, it's going to be chewed within your much. And <laughs> George Watson, who was playing another character, Federation Guard or whatever. He and I got sent behind a tree in disgrace for laughing, and um, we had to get because you had to fall dead right in front of us, and we were <laughs> kind of. And um, also, you, when you were lying there, a dog took great interest in you. And Servalan, who was Luckily. played by a very short, bespectacled lady, um, was was kind of. We'll take away the body, and um, we 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 picked up Paul, and his clothes came. <laughs> but his body didn't. It sort of stayed and kind of melted into his clothes. Melted away. <laughs> and the other thing. Do that then. I can't do that these yeah. The other thing was the um, there was one particularly wet day where I was having a scene with Servlan. Servlan was there, and I was holding her at gunpoint about there because we were under an umbrella, and um, the the script melted. It was it was done on a bold kind of <laughs> wording, and yeah. um, the rain came down, and when all the words went, and um, melting in those days. And uh, you know, and I wish somebody had asked me what I thought of the script. I said, "What can I say? The words just flowed off the page." <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Nobody asked me to, but no, but I'd, I'd like to see. I'll just ask one because we're talking about Serverland, and um, 
I'm not. I'm trying. I'll try and phrase it in sort of um, polite. Did Did you ever meet Serverland at all at any convent, uh, Jackie Pierce at yes. conventions or things? You did. Yes, I did. Uh, did you? I can't remember anymore. I can't oh. remember who I have and haven't met. Um, but I wish. I wish I. All I would say is that I wish I had read her autobiography. She probably hadn't written it, but when I when I I, I did go to some Blake Seven convention. I went to Who's Who Seven One and Two, and the second one was with Lisa. But I can't remember who. She was who one was of the guests. I can't remember. No, Lisa was one of them. Well, she, <laughs> but I, I, um, I can't remember exactly who was at which one. So probably, I'm sure I did meet her. But uh, I later read her autobiography, and she was born where I live now. Ah. So had and I and, and if it was the naughty, if I met her in the noughties, I would have been living there, and I would just wouldn't have realised that she. I so I, I would have felt I had a. We would have had a really interesting conversation about that because she's she's, she was very nice. My wife and I met her in 2003 um, at a a signing in Barking, and um, she's everything you'd expect her to be quite outrageous. I mean, I one of the organizers turned to her and said, I used to know your dentist, and she goes, My dentist topped himself, darling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, we talked a lot about um. Uh, uh, we because we knew she lived for a time in Cornwall. She was a um, she she lived in sort of artistic digs in Cornwall. And we've got a friend called Linda who who was not quite a neighbour but as near as damn it. And um, she used to pose nude for local students. Oh, there you uh, go. <laughs> was, uh, she was quite open about it. Right. And, um, that, that was that was quite. Yeah. <laughs> I so, never. I never met her. I saw her. I was at a signing in London. Um, this will be a whole other story another time. But um, a friend of mine, very big Peter Wingard fan, and Peter Wingard was sort of the, the main guest at this signing. And um, she was there floating about being very Jackie Pierce. I do remember that. Yeah. But I didn't get um, didn't get to actually say hello. I um, I went to the loo with David Warner, if I can phrase that in the right way as well. <laughs> I went to the loo with Noel Edmonds, but... Uh... That was that was that was very random. That was very random because we were in some, like down in Cornwall, uh, in some in some pub on on a motorway, and and when we got, I was with my parents and we got there, and um, he'd obviously been asked to be put at the far furthest extent from from where all the other people were sitting with his family. Unfortunately, it was right by the toilets, so everyone <laughs> would go in that direction before they left and would then see him there. Um, with, but, uh, yeah, I um, I, I v- vied at the bar with Gareth Thomas. He he came to Salisbury. There's a lovely old pub called the Haunch of Venison, and I found myself at the bar. I turned to oh, it's Blake, <laughs> and um, I, I didn't settle say, "Oh, Mr. Thomas, I'm your biggest fan." <laughs> but no, I, I kind of uh, he kind of looked at me as if, "Do you recognise me?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I thought, "No, well, go there. You, you, you go first, mate." But also, Gareth <laughs> Thomas must have been in Salisbury. <laughs> In the early nineties, I would I would have thought because um, they made that show Chelworth, uh, which oh, was yeah. sort of, um, I think it was one of the sort of replacements for Harris Way because they did Trainer, and then that didn't last very long. And they did Chelworth, which was set at the big house on the hill that overlooks Chelton. So presumably, whilst he was making that, they would have stayed in Salisbury mm. or or somewhere like that, unless they had digs in 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 that big house i don't know but yeah. uh, maybe went somewhere else for drinks but i imagine there would have been drinks um oh, g- going back to um on in the playground um they back in 78 when the the key to time was being shown 
um, I had my well, my, uh, I was starting a new school, and I met um, a friend of ours, uh, David, who mm. um, it, it, my first encounter with somebody that wasn't just gay now it is, was gay then. Um, although, you know, in a sort of embryonic form. Mm-hmm. And um, he absolutely idolised Mary Tam and uh, wanted to be Romana in, in um, every Doctor Who game we played, which is great. <laughs> I got to be the Doctor all the time. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I, whereas I had lots of friends who were tomboys, but luckily this was around the time of the five Doctors, so we knew we could all play different Doctors. Mm-hmm. All the girls wanted to be different Doctors. So we, so, so we uh, sort of... Thank goodness for five doctors. Um, so you had female arguments. doctors before it was. Um, well, they were, but they were, but they were playing. You know, I, I <laughs> you know, they probably some of them were playing John Pertry, some of them were playing. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I remember one of my first Doctor Who memories. I mean, I was born in '73, as as Paul, yes. um, yeah. and um, it will probably be about Sharda which was filmed in Cambridge, obviously. So um, I have recollections of that. But then I'll be watching sort of old episodes and I will get that kind of, I'm sure I did see this the first time around. And like, um, although at the moment I caught a bit of um, The Invisible Enemy this morning, which obviously, great, Doctor Who, but it's a bit of a three out of fiver for me. Some of it's a bit, <laughs> a bit hard work. That was the one that was responsible for making me a die, you know, never miss an episode. Died in the Wall fan. Mm. I really impressed me. The age of, I saw it at nine, the age of nine, and uh, whoa, it blew me away. Uh, and I know you folks were visitors to Longleat. Um, I remember my brother going to the Doctor Who exhibition in Blackpool, not because of like the amazing content. Well, plus the fact I was too young to go for some reason. But he lost his coat. So all I can, if you do like word association and you say Doctor Who Blackpool, I just say afternoon in CNA. Because <laughs> like I had a very disgruntled mum, like sort of taking him into CNA because he's lost his coat. So yeah, my brother got to go to Blackpool exhibition, yeah, I, but I did. By 84, I think we were in we were in Staffordshire for a holiday in the summer of 84. And I, re- I worked out that it, w- it was a reasonably... Reasonable distance to the Blackpool exhibition, and I nagged and I nagged for us to go to the Black, the Long, Doctor Who exhibition, Blackpool. I remember my dad, for, for whom Blackpool would have been exceedingly vulgar and really not his cup of tea, <laughs> um, just stayed uh, the whole of the time. He just stayed in the car, sulking presumably. Right. And, um, uh, That's and, what yeah. teenagers do, not parents. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> out sulked each other. I think in the eighties. Yeah. My dad used to do that when we'd go sort of on sort of fledgling package holidays to Spain. Sort of the rest of us would be like, oh, it's nice and warm and there's like stuff going on in the evening. My dad, he would have one of those little travel hot water boiler things to make his cups of tea. He'd bring his own tea bags. He'd have his um, shortwave radio so he could listen to the World Service mm-hmm. and just a stack of crosswords and pretty much like your dad staying in the car. My dad would just basically sort of, you know, sort of, Stay, stay in the hotel room. Yeah, that, that was. I think my sulky, my, my sulky teenage years can literally be isolated to possibly one trip to Spain. Um, because I remember going to Spain, we used to go to Marbella sometimes with my great aunt, um, sometimes Easter holidays. I remember going on a holiday and we, I took lots, of, I don't know if it was sort of Target books with me or, or Agatha Christie's or a mixture. And um, 
basically spending that particular holiday mostly reading. And also I remember finding a copy of, I mean, this must, considering when it came out, this must have been quite late 80s. But I suppose I was in only in my mid-teens, mid-ish teens in the late 80s. But yeah, I've had a, a copy of Decade, the greatest first greatest hits of Duran Duran. And I play that uh, a lot uh, on that particular holiday as well. Unless I'm confusing different holidays, but mm-hmm. um, but of course I've recently discovered my 1990 diary, um, which has has got so much in there that's still relevant to now. As far as the things I'm talking about, mm-hmm. or the things we talked about on the podcast, or and I kept a diary in, in back in '90 as well. So one of these days we must. I think when you come over, compare. I think yeah, those. that's one of the things we should do when you come over to my house on on, on Wednesday mm-hmm. is I should read some extracts because that will you you get and we should you should if you can get if you can bring your diary bring with diary, you yeah. we could do some recording mm-hmm. about that and do that then because because uh, it, it, it makes sense to. Um, yeah, because yeah, uh, we, we were doing a lot back then, weren't we? Yeah, discovering London. Well, that was the first really sort properly. of yeah, because we went we went up to we went up to Forbidden Planet, and I think I don't think I realised that you hadn't had you hadn't got up to London much. No, but but, no. but, but because you you're old because you're so much older. I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought I'd be, I'd be okay going with Nick because because he's older, um, but. <laughs> actually we were all as as, as sort of we were new to london as each other so i think that was the first time i'd ever been well that time i went up with you the first time i've been up without my yeah. mother <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and i think that's when i discovered my tomorrow people power of for for years i'm not sure i've got it now but I, for a while i had a very good sense of direction or like if i went back which warren and troby would would disagree with when i'm paying fortnight uh, <laughs> There's somebody coming at the left, and I'll go right. I'm not very good with left and right, but but um, but I think I'm quite good. Like if I've been somewhere, and then I go back to a few years later, I can. I was like, oh yeah, we have to go this way, and and uh, I think I, I I managed to help us get back on track on that particular mm. trip to Film Planet. I, that, so that's when my well, it was always the Fitzroy Tavern coming. where I could never find. I think I eventually found oh, Fitzroy it. Tavern. Yeah, mm. I, well, I went there. Quite on a monthly basis for a while. In the uh, where is that? It rings a bell. That's it's near Gooch Street. <coughs> it's near, uh, near Gooch Street Station, a little bit down towards Tottenham Court Road, uh, and then off into the Fitzrovia slightly. But uh, it's not not that far off the big roads. But uh, mm. um, I probably would have been. Uh, I mean, I lived in London from. 1997 till 2000 so i had sort of five years in london i sort of did my sort of tour of duty um i was working in elephant and castle i lived in when i first moved i was in swinging camden which was you know sort of quite yeah it was uh quite a happening place to be but not very good for the bank balance unfortunately (laughs) i I do wonder whether we were ever at the same gigs or or, or you know because Callum I was going out I was going to gigs with Callum often in Camden by I met Callum in 96 and by 97 we were regularly going to gigs um so yeah I wonder if we were ever at the, we were ever at the same gig but before we knew each other <laughs> we used to often go I mean we'd go to gigs at the underworld and the electric ballroom and the electric ballroom had um a really good indie night on a Saturday night as well which we um 
we'd often go to and it was literally you know less than 10 minutes walk from the flat that we stayed in so yes but um, a long time ago now i started clubbing in london late very late 90s into early noughties but that was things like pop stars which i went to as well yeah Yeah, um my my then girlfriend's gay housemate was really fan of pop stars um i've got a very amusing story which i can't really tell at the moment about pop stars but i'll save it for another time uh, it has the punchline stand and deliver that's all i'm saying yeah. <laughs> um yeah because for, for when i first met Calla, we used to go to the rather ropey um nightclub in camberley which it wasn't that ropey but the music was a bit ropey um and it was so it was Is only, that the one they yeah, you yeah, ever come two to, New Year's. Yeah, in, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was fine, but yeah. the music wasn't always ideal. Um, whereas best than anything Salisbury's got now. Well, <laughs> but going to, but there's a bit of a revelation going to places like pop stars where they actually had floors where they'd be playing. You know, if you're in the mood for indie music, or if you're in the mood for pop music or dance or whatever, you could just go from floor to floor. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, my main, my earliest clubbings were. Concords in Salisbury uh, with Warren, uh, amongst others. Um, but you, you were, you were just a wee. <laughs> well, you were. You were I was too young. Also, I didn't start dancing until quite until later on. It wasn't really until I met Callum that I started going dancing. But at the end of the nineties, we we used to go to a club in Woking, didn't we? I yeah. can't remember what it was called. It was upstairs, and they always played Mar Baker, and there was always. <laughs> Um, it was more of a bar that turned into hot. a nightclub. It was, yeah, because most nightclubs tend to be yeah. in dark spaces, yeah. whereas there was glass that you could look down onto the street in this nightclub, and it always used to steam up once mm. you got everybody in there dancing. Um, that rang, is Mar Baker the song. This shows, if I've been paying attention, that either one of you two used to do the actions to a Boney M song, or have I sort of barked up the wrong tree? I'm sure there was a story about one of you going to a nightclub and there's a certain song and you basically acted the song out. Does that really well, well? I mean... I think uh, we, during Mar Baker, we... Um, I remember a, one occasion where um, Paul and I were dancing to Mar Baker because uh, there's a certain... Not formula exactly, but a structure to Boney M's songs. And there's always a bit where they pause... And they uh, in Wild Baker, where they put on the news thing, and on Rasputin, they put on, but when it's drinking and lusting and hunger for a power, so I think we 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 mixed it up. So when you got to the news bit on Mar Baker, Paul turned to me and said, but when it's drinking, <laughs> that's drinking. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but I used to, uh, Callum and I used to mime to girls just want to have fun. Um, the bit where it goes all sort of and and Callum would come and put his head down down and I'd pretend I was that the sound was me playing oh yeah on his head um, <laughs> a bit like the Ewoks playing Stormtrooper helmets yeah. Sort of, you know, yeah. So, yeah Keith and I used to do the actions to Lost in Music oh, Lost in Music oh, all in a trip also, I mean, that was the other place, not just nightclubs. It was the, the amount of weddings I went to in the noughties, um, always sort of getting the opportunity to dance then. And and are people being quite surprised that you knew a song, <laughs> which isn't surprising to me. At, like, they were like, oh, how do you know that? The, like, if there was a song on the guitar came in, we stopped doing the guitar. Yeah. But, but that's 
because it's a really famous song. Like, of course, I know when the uh, the guitar comes in, or of course, I know when the drums come in here. Or I, I do remember. Have you never listened to music ever? Ali and I went to um, a, I think it was a wine bar in Bath the day Prince William and Kate got married, and they we, we were watching the service on this big, great big screen, and they had guide the arm, the hymn guide me thou great redeemer. And uh, Ali and I were singing along, and and this young girl turned to me. How oh, do you know this song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of the great hymns, but hey, <laughs> indeed. But, but, um, yeah, I mean, well, we went to because another opportunity for dancing was uh, conventions, mm-hmm. and and uh, when I first went. To my very early yeah, they did ask you to sit down because it was the middle yeah, of the in the middle of the hour. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just wanted to have a dance. But there was like a disco, those conventions, like Exo Space. Michael Exo Sheard. Well, that I was, was just going to mention Michael Sheard, yes. Yeah. Did you yeah. dance with Michael Sheard? Well, that was when I was more confident. But but the very early conventions I went to, which is probably, I think the first one was in that 1990 derby. I haven't got to that bit yet. I'm very interested to find out what happened. What did I do? But I, I remember there being a disco and maybe you go going through it but me being Exorcist. too scared and running yeah me, that was it. and me running yeah. away and um and i think i ran away to see mr trowbridge because i knew he wouldn't be seen on a dance floor uh, <laughs> and still wouldn't and and, and uh oh, right. the migraines had to come back in but um <clears throat> but um yeah but then once i got used to Fast going to dance to the end of the 90s i was like yeah there was, was no stopping was, it yeah no stopping it. and well i just remember the uh, it was in coventry wasn't it a battlefield convention mm-hmm. and we we would go onto the dance floor and there would be nick courtney in the bar having a drink with people and we'd, we'd come off the dance floor about one in the morning and there would be nick courtney in the corner having a drink with me <laughs> 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 yeah because there weren't there, there wasn't always that a lot of the guests would come and do their bit, or they maybe even stay for the cabaret, or they'd so they did they certainly you know do do their bit, but then there were the others who did more than their bit mm. for, for long after they'd been the 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 bit they'd been paid for or whatever. Mm. Like you know, no, I'm sure nobody told Michael Sheard to go to the dance floor, but no. he he was he he, he stayed long beyond because he did it because he enjoyed. He did. He had a, about ten years where, before he died, where he just absolutely threw himself into conventions, and he was just amazing, and and just gave so much. Um, I loved him on the period of Mars commentary. I loved how sort of just before he comes in, he's like, "Oh, this is a good bit coming up." Yes. <laughs> this is like bringing himself up. Yeah. What What was so infectious about him is he just absolutely loved his job, and. Mm. He, he loved people loving his job and he you know he just was absolutely just there and um and very proud of it one of his books we did was, yeah i was just about to say there was a book and i can't remember which one of you folks contributed to yeah yeah we i think about red Tremi and Lisa actually it was the the yellow one i can't remember the yellow one i think we might have read the bits from it yeah in a previous episode but um again you know he's he's just full of love for everything he's done just before we depart from dancing i think um for me i was the archetypal painfully shy teenager but sort of as i got a bit older into my later teens and probably (laughs) with the assistance of strong drink I sort of gain confidence and stuff. So, yeah, I could actually sort of talk to a female for longer than five seconds without sort of... Um... It's so difficult. I, I went to an all-boys school and I hated it. 
Like, mm. I, it, it, it takes you away from girls at the very time you need sociologically to get to know them and, and know because they 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 change drastically from 11 when you wave goodbye to them to go to this big school to 16 when you, you know you find you're you're out in the open and you think okay so what do they want what do I say what you know yeah <laughs> just I've, I've got a brother who's six years older than me and he always he never seemed to sort of have any issues about sort of you know sort of talking to girls and things and stuff but because of the age difference when I got to that sort of awkward age he'd gone off to university so I felt a bit of like a sort of um single child by then and a sort of bit sort of um out on a limb but I suppose a bit a bit like Paul I think in my 20s um <laughs> I sort of I made up for it what you mean I, I've I had a I have a sister who's eight years older than me and she got married when I was 10 Wow, and um, so I, I didn't even have a sister to knock me into shape, you know. Yeah, make it up as I went along. Uh, it's 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 tough. It's very tough. With with my brother being younger, he he did get into. We, we, there was a stage where during Britpop, where we were both into the same music, and also he was probably watching because because as you as Nick knows there was like a, it was a, cu- a cupboard on in the hallway of my parents where i had a lot of my videos mm-hmm. back from when, when you'd video stuff off the tv and make a little library and but then when i started buying horror films and i'm so i'm sure my brother saw horror films earlier than i like 18 horror films because my parents wouldn't necessarily realize what he was watching properly you know, or what was in the cupboard so when i was when i moved away perhaps i'd left the videos um uh, but uh because otherwise we're quite different like we were watching that that southern park clip that tape that you were digitizing there was a whole plot line where um graham was playing hockey at a school hockey match so i was there i wouldn't have been interested in watching him play hockey other than there being a possible southern park plot line mm-hmm. um so i went with my mum and videoed bits of him and he was a goalie so it was all mm-hmm. it was really pretty boring there was lots of running around <laughs> but i did some quite good shots of people playing hockey but my brother's just standing there with the goal like posing posing or wiggling his posing, hips like yeah. he's a, 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 a showgirl yeah. um, um, um i oh, that's it's quite a nice one because you've got lots of salisbury and um it's a very snapshot of the time because i was working at a news agent at the time and uh, you've got my shot at that and me there's all my cats at that time as well yeah. my parents cats so i think i'm going to put that that tape once i've got it i'm going to put that tape uh, and release that just as a what year was that again would you say that, that 95. was like 95 march 95. right because um, one of the great things is obviously in these six years we've been digitalizing some part i've learned a great deal about how how best to do it and there was a system that um my friend keith introduced me uh, we're turning into it into an MKV, and it, it's the first time we've been able to actually um, rip the the whole of that tape rather than just because it used to cut out after a, after a certain point, you know, and, and then start again for the last five minutes. Yeah, so. Some of the second part that's on YouTube is half an hour chunks, or then there might be chunks that are just fifteen minutes, mm. or even some bits that were. Right, when I loaded them up, I realised, oh, there's only 30 seconds yeah, on this. Exactly. So <laughs> like that annoying little coda you used to get at the end, where basically the, where it would just cut off the end of it. I found a button on my uh, transfer machine, which I can, if you click it on, it, it will just take the whole thing. And um, and it, in the, the right ripping software that actually do, just do the whole thing wholesale, you know, so you get complete set of so episodes. The trouble, one thing 
the 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 pros and cons of of the of digitizing obviously it's so so good to, be able to have it available but it doesn't digitizing doesn't cope very well with swift movement so if i'm like looking around well all the cameras looking around that sometimes digitization doesn't we was we were saying but we were watching the, the i mean the tapes have survived so well the tape we were watching from 95 i can imagine perhaps some of that will stutter a bit in digitization but watching it on the screen it it it, it was really really good quality still even after you know but the thing is a lot of these tapes have only been played that they were recorded mm. it's, it's the opposite of, of of the old story of um tv companies rewrite reusing the tapes mm. those tapes were being used once perhaps only played mm. once um mm. in 30 years mm. or 25 years um so once you've got them working again and and they're, they're play they're playing that that they're often very good quality and as far as, as us <coughs> submitting ones there's only one tape of 99 that's missing and two, about two of 2000 and, and that's it basically that's right they might still turn up because they keep they do they, they we have got to the state we have got to that uh, things turning up from behind um filing cabinet stage now yeah. where, where things do something we're, we're not looking as far as israel or i was or, just going to say yeah you've not been to like sort of um kenya or somewhere to like some yeah. nairobi yeah yeah, yeah. Have to sneak it through wars and things like that but um no i mean the the nice the nice thing is they are they are out there um i know that there's about two of master tapes of my films that don't exist anymore unfortunately because the director uh having insisted on keeping them then threw them out. Uh, the, I, I don't know why, because you know, I, I you know, I, um, Andy Candish who directed Evil Trophy, Rosie Lenz and Ditch. Um, I actually kept the tapes for Evil Trophy, and yeah, it, 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 it ignored it him a bit, and he, he he wanted to keep the tapes for Rosie Lenz, but I actually had to use we had we really had to do a patchwork job on that uh, on the DVD because we didn't have. The master tapes of the original web VHSC stuff with the same format as yours. That's the other thing. People lend you, you their cameras and, and they were completely different sort of formats. Ah, and, uh, and yeah. It was, it was maddening, you know, that's why I really should have gone. With more, um, you know, proper like TV archive type shows where episodes are missing, I can understand where there's like. You know, we know why so much of Doctor Who is missing, but it, it's a few examples. But the tr I, I said this before: we're so used to very good, detailed information in Doctor Who fandom. All the paperwork was kept, and it's mm. been compiled, and it's you know, you know exactly what countries bought it, and and where possibly they might be or not be now. But it, it's series that aren't so well documented. Mm. Like, I still don't know why one episode of Dark Shadows is missing. Mm. You know, what happened to that one episode? What, what, you know, what, mm. what and it's one of the late ones. It exists in audio, but I, I don't actually know why it doesn't exist. Mm. The physical reason why it doesn't exist. And mm. I, I recently have been watching episodes of, of um, an Australian show called Cop Shop, mm. and that's got like, seven or eight hundred episodes mm. and one episode is missing from about, from about 1984 yeah. and, I, and again i'm like i want to know why why is one episode missing and what yeah. happened to it why, why, why that one episode also um i mean 
um, going on this whole thing that you were saying about the paperwork still existing. Remember Fraser Hines in an interview talking about the ice warriors, and and he said, "Do you know I found all this paperwork saying how much I earned, how how much this cost, how much Patrick Troughton earned? Why didn't they throw the paperwork away and keep the program?" Mm, <laughs> it's yeah. very true. I, I, you know, it's it's madness. I know we touched on it recently because I had a bit of a Tomorrow People binge on Britbox, but I know Tomorrow People is a bit sort of um, a sore point for you, Paul, because it basically replaced Ace of Wands. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Although I have, uh, I was too, I was too young to pretty much see either show, so it's been a very. It's not like it was at the time. I don't know how I would have felt at the time if I'd have been a Ace. Of, I, I have no so much. I, I, I don't have a grudge in that respect. I, I like Ace of Wands. And um, some of the scripts were better than the TPs, but I thought the TPs was a much better concept. Mm. Um, and I remember the TPs um, uh, mostly sort of, um, well, I think I caught a, re- a set of repeats in, in the summer of 75, which accounts for why I remember Blue and the Green, Rift in Time and Secret Weapon. Um, and then I started watching with um, One Law um with them because mainly because i was buying look in by then and there was a big big feature about mike holloway when he first came into the show oh yeah yeah um i've only watched one episode of the the rebooted american one um and i didn't i thought well to myself they don't seem to have the same restrictions as the the tp you know they can kill their violent body and i thought oh right isn't this kind of defeating the object of it but um i'm one of these days i'll probably proper look at it but i've got the 90s ones on dvd as well but um the i think the ideal situation would have been that eight of ones would have just been made for adults and they could have both existed then because there's nothing really childish about about Ace of Wands, it could have been an adult program, and but then I've been watching a show called Tales of Unease that came out on network, which is like it's like seven like proto um Tales of the Unexpected, and and they just made that one season. And yeah, I don't know why they didn't try and make another series. I mean, it's quite they're all quite good, um, but. I don't know. There, there was that more of that thing. They did just make one series, particularly ITC things. Yeah, they just they would Goodness just make yeah. twenty six of them or whatever, and then move on to a different thing. Yeah. What's um, fascinating for me, my wife Angelique's French, is introducing her to British TV and especially old British classic TV. Um, so obviously it's not ITC, it's ABC. But um, the Avengers was always very big um, in France. And I'm yeah. just think what else. Um, we have France to thank for the new Avengers as well, because they, they uh, yes, yeah, champagne commercial, and they said, you know, well, don't you want to, do, you know, are you up for some more Avengers? And it's the, the 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 French that put up a lot of the money for that. Yeah, and a few weeks ago I was watching Space 1999 in French as well, which is quite the first series. I hasten to add, yes. Well, is there? It just does she like what she sees? Is there a particular favourite? Um, show that uh, that she she's you've introduced her to. Um, touching on, I think something she's grown up with. She her sister is the one that really enjoys the Avengers. She really enjoys the Persuaders. She likes the sort of interplay between Tony Curtis and Roger Moore. Angelique's big thing um, is Poirot. 
she oh. can't get enough of it. And obviously, you know, ITV3 is basically just wall-to-wall prior. Um, <laughs> but an interesting, so, she, you know, we always have a sort of prior sort of in the background. But interestingly, because we've got French TV, we basically got French Freeview here. Um, they have Pryro on French TV. See here, David Suchet dubbed into French, if you can get your head around that one. <laughs> and so, and it's, it's, it's quite a bizarre situation. Uh, it's, um, I'm trying to think what, we've been going through a few sort of streaming things. Um, my wife's a teacher at what's best described as a challenging school. So she's quite enjoyed lots of things where men, you know, men sort of go around beating people up so like the jack reacher thing and there was another one as well the jack ryan thing she quite enjoys yeah coming home after a hard day doing battle in the classroom watching people getting beaten up at the moment but um we we were in the lakes the other week and we did watch uh power of the doctor and um she enjoyed that but again it's interesting that obviously doctor who is so ingrained with us but you know, you mentioned Doctor Who's Angelique and, oh, it's David Tennant. David Tennant's Doctor Who. Whereas I'm like, no, 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 Tom Baker, you know, yeah. definitive Doctor. She, he, it's really fascinating because she's not sort of grown up with it. So, I mean, she was born in 77, but like um, she um, doesn't really have that much experience of um, sort of classic Who. I mean, obviously, I, tr- you know, sort of surreptitiously, you know, sort of pop, pop one on, like, you know, yeah. I sort of had... Um, horror fan rock, rock on the other day and um but uh she's yeah just very much growing up with new who so it's interesting to sort of get that sort of perspective from somebody yeah well also they they, they can surprise you i mean i I've, I've been what all the 22 years i've been with ali I've, I've, we've always had a who on the go um because i knew she liked scotland i think the first who we watched together was terror of the zygons um <laughs> and i I think we have been married about 10 years before I plucked up courage and, and sat her down to watch Time the Rani. <laughs> right, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. It's probably my least favourite classic Who. And, um, and I thought, uh, OK, yeah, I'm sorry about this and everything. And lo and behold, um, it was one, it's probably the one she was one most nostalgic about because she used to watch Sylvester with her dad. Right, um, yeah, sure. Yeah. And she she has very very fond memories of the McCoy years because she she I think when McCoy took over her dad sort of came back to the show and um, started watching it and she watched it with him and um, so in actual fact um, there was me kind of a and 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 she was like oh yeah lovely I used to watch this with my dad and mother. really I, <laughs> but, yeah so you never can tell it's, it's funny it's funny uh, I was thinking. Um, how, how many shows I saw for the first time overseas? Like I think of three, three, three examples. Um, one being a trip to Portugal in 1990, and I had sunstroke, and I think that's the first time I ever saw Sons and Daughters, and the first time I ever saw Space 1999. Um, I, I, I think it must have been on some channel that was English language. I don't remember it being subtitled or dubbed, um, and then. Talking about France, I think I remember being in, on holiday in in France, and they must have had Super Channel on the satellite, and I think that's that must have been not you know in early nineties as well, or, or considering when we were we were getting tapes. Mm. Um, but that's the first time I saw Seeds of Doom, or some of Seeds of Doom, was in France on Super Channel, 
Oh, before we had copies of of Seeds of Doom, so that um, that must have been at least, well um, at the most eighties. Uh, yeah, uh, you, you had a copy by. She certainly had, had a copy several by copies. <laughs> I yeah. had. I even had the three part version, um, a lot like the edited version. Yeah, I, I think you, you at one point you had about five different copies. I still got quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I, yeah. I, I went through a stage of. I think I must have about three DVD copies because I went for a stage of every time I went down to Folkestone um, and we go to Canterbury, uh, I'd be in HMV and, and I'd see, you know, found that, I don't know what's available in HMV of the ones that still exist these days. But Quite a bit. We, we, yeah. we raided, we went to Scotland recently and mm. uh, raided the, because still loads of HMVs left in Scotland. Um, we went Blu-ray bananas. We we uh, bought the Blu-rays of Space 1999 and um, UFO and goodness knows what. But, I mean. but I'd be standing in HMV in Folkestone and see, and be going through the Doc Twos and they're like four ninety nine, four ninety nine. Well, Seeds of Doom four ninety nine. I can't fancy watching that tonight and just buy another copy. So I've, I've probably got <laughs> copies on, on. I mean, it's not even out on Blu-ray yet. So uh, and there's still that version to come. Um, but, uh, and the vinyl record, you'll, you'll, you'll probably have that framed, yeah. won't you? The six parters on vinyl was a bit more expensive because they because they need to be three well, Darling master plan, you have to take oh. out a mortgage for Gosh, for, yeah, yeah. It's um, very expensive. In terms of sort of day-to-day TV viewing, do you watch a lot of, shall we say, mainstream TV, let's call it BBC One, ITV and stuff, because we don't hear at all. I mean, we catch the old thing on BBC Four. Um, I'm always hoping that because uh, the the guys at work in the office they're always talking about. Oh, I binge watched this. Have you watched this? No, no. Don't tell me what it is. And and and, and yeah, I think this is utter bilge. It sounds utter. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're um, occasionally something will come up. Um, we'll we'll watch talking pictures. Of course. Know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Whereas, you know, if, they, if they're running a stoke, we've just, we're just about to press the self-destruct on In Eden Mine. We've done the <laughs> six episodes and I would have thrown it under the bus earlier, but uh, Ali's sort of, no, no, let's, let's, let's give, give it a whirl. And because um, we usually, we, we usually do what, well, we used to do something called the, uh, our Sunday special where we watch an episode of a, uh, an episode a week of each, uh, a particular show uh, on DVD and uh, I'd have, I'd have a choice, then she'd have a choice. And then we moved it to Monday because they were putting juicy things on Sunday nights on Talking Pictures. Um, and now we're moving. So UFO is moving into the Anisian line slot <laughs> because we're halfway through watch, rewatching UFO. So um, it'll be UFO tomorrow instead of Anisian line. But no, it, it was all right. We just we were just bored with it, and, and there weren't very sympathetic characters and. We just didn't want to see an Eden ruin his brother each week. You know? <laughs> it was kind of painful to watch. Uh, but, but no, we, we've um, we've virtually nothing. We've, we've always got some DVDs lined up that sure. we're watching. Yeah. Um, I'm doing Space 1990. I'm doing some of the episodes that maybe kind of might have great on Ali uh, on, whilst I'm doing the ironing on, on my day off. Um, and I'm saving the best episodes to watch with her. Um, we're, as I say, we're halfway through. Well, actually, we're on the last disc of UFO. Um, I don't. I think we're between the Who's at the moment. Um, I've actually, yes, I've because I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of New Who, but I will dip in and out, and I'll like what I like, and I won't like what I won't like. And um, but I bailed out with 
Peter Capaldi's first season um, and didn't watch it for about three years um, for various reasons. And I said to Paul, having watched Power of the Doctor, I said to Paul, but I'm, I think I'm ready to go back now and, and just watch all the ones I rewatch him from the start and, and Joe, the, the episodes of Jodie that I missed. And um, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to do with Capaldi and um, Whittaker back to back. And see what I think. I'm going to do little reviews on a on the dictaphone. Oh, fantastic! Fantastic. Um, well, yeah, I think uh, I think I drifted off. I got excited when Capaldi came in. And it's, and it's, it's my versions that yeah. it's boring. But I have It's, it's I a have season opened. that that um, stopped me watching Doctor Who after 40 years. I haven't. So, well, I haven't even opened uh, it. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm playing with fire going back to it, but sufficient time has gone past now, and I'd like to see a bit more of Capaldi and, and what he did. But I I just didn't like the direction the show was going. Sure. No, absolutely. Um, in terms of our TV viewing, today, we do watch quite a lot of French TV because obviously for Angelique, it keeps them in touch with home. Um, and for me, it helps improve my French. But <laughs> it's funny, they still have um, going for go- a version of Going for Gold on French TV. Oh, yeah, it's um, looking just something like Questions Polo Champion. Mm-hmm. And they have they still have a version of Treasure Hunt on French TV, which I think originated in France as well. Mm. Yeah, there's some of there's some of the old the eighties episodes in French on YouTube. I'm sure I've got bookmarks, but I haven't got around to actually um, watching it. Well, there's all sorts of talking picture stuff, old films that I, I come home from work and Ali's watching. Um, I came home last night and she was watching a, a Danny a, a comedy with Danny Larue from nineteen. I saw that on the TV, guys, but I, I haven't seen it. But they they do throw up some real curios. Yes. Um, I did get to watch the mutations the other week with Tom oh, in. With, yeah, Tom, that's the one Tom's in with Donald Pleasance. Yeah, yeah. I, but, I didn't get to see that, but there's occasionally they'll they'll throw up a film that I've actually I'd really like to see that. It's crazy crazy things. I've only ever seen little bits of French Connection, and uh, they show French Connection. And I thought, let's just sit down and watch it. You know, and I've I've not seen. I don't think I have. Time. I don't know. I don't. I got to say, I don't actually know what we have now, but I don't think we. I don't think I can get hold of talking pictures anymore because our Skype, we got rid of our, our Skype box broke down and we didn't bother replacing it. And, and now I barely, barely watch the TV. I just watch things on my laptop. So, so there's a few streaming things and then it's DVDs or Blu-rays. So there's a book I have I, down here called um, Films of the 70s. Oops. Okay. Now, I saw this in foils in the 80s and absolutely fell in love with it because it had all sorts of interesting films I'd never heard of, films I had heard of. And um, and I've it wasn't until Talking Pictures that I saw I actually saw a lot of the films that they were mentioning about films. They, they really haven't shown on telly for years, which is my favorite kind of film. You know, the really yeah, yeah. ones. there's one called um, uh, Donald Sutherland film called Day of the Locusts. Um, which they showed, and and I thought, well, uh, that's in the book. I've never seen it shown on terrestrial TV, and there and there it was, you know, when we sat down and watched it. When I was watching Talking Pictures, yeah, it was when they were showing freewheelers, and I know all of that doesn't exist, but they did. There are about three or four seasons, I think they can show. Mm. And uh, was Southern TV your region growing up? Then sort of yes, yeah, it was yeah. We we were Anglia through and through, yeah. Um, Southern TV, going back to Space 1999, um, and forgive me if I've already told this story on a previous episode, but um, I had the very weird experiences 
um, following Space 1999 in comic strip form a whole year before we I saw it. Oh. Because when it launched in 75, Sun TV didn't get it till August 76. Um, and I was getting look-in at the time, which were heavily promoting it. So I was seeing all these tantalising, because I was already already a UFO fan, and I was seeing all these tantalising pictures and getting to know the characters um, through the features and uh, and the picture strips. So the following summer, when they finally showed it, I felt it it was really odd to see these characters in the flesh. And, um, And it was weird to sort of experience. With the Southern TV thing, um, I mean, I can vaguely remember that we saw some episodes of Saturday Banana with Bill Oddie. Yes. Yes. um, Thing is, I had there was just about two shows behind that was our show, uh, which was what seventy seven, and that had a very young Susan Tully in it. um, Ah. At the age of nine, I had a crush on. Right. Um, so I, 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 I defected from, from Swap Shop, um, <laughs> because you know, because because uh, of this cute girl, and uh, of course she went, she carried over to Saturday Banana as well. Yeah. One thing that Angelique's absolutely loved, which was on Talking TV, was watching uh, Run Around. She yeah. was just absolutely blown away by it. My like a- brother-in-law is in an episode somewhere. <laughs> Um, I don't know what year it was, but probably towards the end. But uh, yeah, so um, my wife says that apparently um, he tried to trip up another boy and Mike Reed smacked him, (laughs) smacked his legs. Sounds about right. Yeah, (laughs) probably wouldn't be allowed now. Um, But yeah, uh, he was a bit of a tear away. But uh, yeah, he's he's, he's in there. Uh, Probably if they have the Salisbury one, it would probably there'd probably be a few lads there. I recognise them from from the old days. Yeah, I mean, Angelique loves her general knowledge quizzes anyway. And um, so that run around, obviously, sort of, we were watching the kids run around and she'll think, oh, it's this one, it's this one. And I go, mm, are you going to, yeah. So, but yeah, completely confused by Mike Reed. And you explain to him, oh, yeah, he was also basically an adult, I'll use that phrase, adult comedian. Yeah. Somehow. But I think the sort of, going back to what you just said, the, the idea was, because he was p- good at putting down hecklers and stuff, that, you know, all these, annoying little tearaways <laughs> would be sort of, you know which you know easy pickings for him basically yeah so um, uh, he's a <laughs> I, I i think i used to watch it. i'm not sure i'd enjoy it now but um i, I thought mike Reed was a pretty good um again looking uh, when it first started looking did a feature of, on it which i've got somewhere um but just that, going yeah going back to angler tv um Paul Labors, Paul Labors was a massive feature in sort of mid to late 80s Anglia TV. And obviously because of my age, I didn't realise he'd been in Doctor Who or everything, but he was what they used to call an Anglia TV Mr. Midnight. Yeah. He basically did all the continuity throughout the night. Yeah. And there's sort of, you know, slightly boozy teenagers coming back from night out in Cambridge um, and sort of just grabbing anything in the fridge. You'd sort of stay up and watch him. Yeah. And then so they yeah, actually follow him on twitter now i've actually had a few chats with him and stuff so yeah i've met, I've met him a few times he's uh you know he's, he's i'm on facebook with him and he's because uh, i remember him obviously from androids mm. um but where we 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 saw him at the that oh what was it i can't remember it was now 
who at the Playhouse um, about five oh, years ago. I went, I went, that was a yeah. that was a convention, yeah. And uh, yeah, very nice guy. We've seen him. We've been in to see him, and I think his wife in a in a farce. Right. Yeah. She's just. Uh, my wife likes farces, so we 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 went we went to see him. Now we've seen David Warwick in a in a Ray Cooney farce as well. So. Thank you, dead body. <laughs> so, as soon as you say Ray Cooney fast, um, d- does the, do the theatre groups around Salisbury have the same affliction as ours? That sort of it seems to be sort of like ninety six percent Alan Akebourne that's put on all the time. <laughs> it it is its output is a little predictable. Yeah, um, Studio Theatre, who I again I, I poached a lot of their actors and and indeed um, sort of in collusion with uh, these days um they're, they're shakespeare mad they're, they're you know they and uh, i find shakespeare a bit hard work to work to work on and i have to be in the right mood to watch it as well um so there's that and but yeah we've i've done a few eight balls myself i did um is it any no not anyone for breakfast uh relative relatively speaking i think it was one of his early ones yeah that was yeah. That was a little bit, yeah. It was, it was a, rather a basic farce. It wasn't one of his funny, particularly funny ones. And um, I, 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 well, as the curtains open, I was in bed. So it's very comfortable because it can be nerve wracking when you're going on. But that was the most relaxing. Um, waking up and suddenly finding you've got a hall full of people staring at you. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. And um, and I didn't wear much clothes in those in that in that part. And there's a girl playing who's actually plays the the British daughter in in Smile Again. Um, I've been in two plays now where I've proposed to her both times. In character, <laughs> I hasten to add, so I've actually proposed to her a lot more than I had my own wife. Um, but no, she she was she was in that. Um, but yeah, but yes, yes, we've uh, we've the eight borns we have known. Indeed, indeed. But no, I'd, I'd love them to put on something a little bit more experimental and a bit uh, bit a bit more interesting. Yeah, I mean, our our local group did um, Bedroom Farce, mm. which I think starts off with someone in bed as well, and that one as well. But I have slightly sore memories of Farce, because, well, good and bad, really, because we started, I started the Time to Ordinary Players in 95 with um, Happiest Days of Your Life, which I thoroughly enjoyed and got a girlfriend out of, so. Oh, um, which is always a plus. The rest of today... You've got a takeaway in your thing. We have, yes. We've got TV. We've got, we've, you know, we've got a couple of films. We've got a, a, an, an episode of Sexton Blake. Um, an episode of Sons I'm and glad you finished that sentence. <laughs> yeah, we've got an episode of Sons and Daughters. And possibly Blake Seven, because yeah. Paul's work, uh, like, like yourself, he's, he's sort of more focused on the, the, the post-Blake years. Yeah. And um, we, we're, we've been working our way through the post-Blake years. And so, um, you're up to Headhunter. Yeah, and the Sons and Daughters I want to show you has Nick Tate from Space, Space 1999. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, okay. And uh, he gets to have the cli- he gets to be involved in the season cliffhanger. So. Ah. <laughs> I can't remember. If, I can't remember if he if he actually survives it. But there we. So I hope it's not just like the recap. And then oh, uh, there he's gone. <laughs> but uh, he's been in about he's been in quite a few episodes yeah. leading up to this. But. Um, and then tomorrow, um, what's on the cards? Tomorrow, uh, we'll we'll go our separate ways again. Yes, I I I church serve church, and my, my, church stuff. My my boss is in um, Australia, so uh, I've, I need to sort of start it from scratch a bit. But we go to the pub for lunch, my wife and I, 
and have a snooze in the afternoon and then it's UFO and a bottle of wine in the evening. Sounds very reasonable. Well, um, it's been good to, uh, to catch up and, and to introduce you to. Uh, Indeed, it's been lovely. Absolutely it's been lovely. A pleasure. Let's do it again soon. But no, it's been lovely, and yeah. um, we'll definitely do it again soon. Uh, I got into the Shy Life podcast during sort of just the horrendousness of lockdown and things, and then from there, it's you know, it's gone off into directions with Toby and Lisa, and then with your stuff as well. It's just been such a tonic over the last few years, and it's um, just always great to see sort of people doing stuff. And sort of doing creative things and sort of we've got some you know, books out as the, well so. <laughs> the, good, the good thing is that you've you have you made contact and told us that you were enjoying it because yeah. because we've now been able to be collaborators and and, and friends uh, which you know there are probably other people who really enjoy the show but never say anything yeah. and you know they, they could be collaborating or becoming or we could be getting to know them um uh but so you're actually quite a rare, a rare a rare, a rare creature. <laughs> creature. Yeah, you can go with creature. That's fine. That's fine. We, we, um, we've got, uh, we've both got quite a, a few bits of work out there. Mine can be found on the Cult TV site, which is um, run by Alan Hayes. Um, we, we got, but actually, Paul, Paul and I did the with the series we did, Life After, with Joe. Oh, okay. Joe, uh, that's the complete episode guide. We've got the complete episode guide of the previous series in the Magnus Editor, which I did as a child and then then finished as an adult. Uh-huh. And we have a novelization from both, which is um, available on Amazon. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a novelization from one, a, a particular four-part story from one, and a novelization of a six-part story from another. True. That, uh, that Magnus Memories hardback, that... Yeah. If you if you if, if that could be you could use that to defend yourself if you ever needed to it's quite a it's, it's a meaty book quite yeah. a meaty Alan book. Alan re- republished that on Amazon the only way to get it down to a reasonable price was to um, turn it into an annual so both of those are oh right annual wise and all these scripts are out there as well on Lulu.com where oh okay cool is. I will I will do yet more investigating so yeah. um, that's great and. Um, uh, Nick, you're you're a bad man because you mentioned the W word, wine, and I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to be very virtuous, not have a drink. But it's, it's, I know you're having wine tomorrow. But I'm thinking, well, well, you know, wine is the sun over? Is the sun over the yard arm yet? What time is it? Half three. It's five o'clock anywhere. Yeah, well, I don't think the, the the sun is is making an appearance today. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely no yard arms either. I am so. a bad I am a bad man when it comes to wine. Yes. The trouble is, uh, the older I get, the more. Booze I discover, <laughs> kind of. I feel protected uh, rum of late. <laughs> yeah, I had a bottle of port with me down in Kent, and that lasted. I managed to make that last all week. Wow, that's quite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple of glasses of that a day. I managed to last most of the week. Oh, fair enough. So um, I'll try and hold hold off for a while, and um, yeah, you're a, you're a brave man. You're a brave man than me, I think. <laughs> Shine on, shine on.
Well, listeners, that's all we've got time for. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Um, it was uh, good to finally uh, unite uh, Muffley with Nick because I, um, pleasure. There's one of those situations where because Muffley was a listener before he was a collaborator and guest and friend. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's it, a lot about you, Nick, as, as More he does than about I me. Know about myself. Well, well, yes, possibly. <laughs> well, uh, as I was saying to you before. Um, of all the people involved in the show, you and I do episodes that perhaps delve into our personal lives or our histories Absolutely. in a way that some of the other guests, they're here talking about. I think up to a point, we're, we're, we're both open books, you know, we're both we're yeah. like to... But, whereas the type of... But, but we, we do so many different types of episodes. Yeah. So if you if you get Martin or Trobe and Lisa, we're, we're talking, maybe we're talking about TV or we're talking to the regulars and, and involved in what they're doing. But a lot of the episodes we do, especially like the random word ones or or, or the, mm. the film ones, um, we, we have dipped into our own anecdotes so yes um yes uh, no it's an it, it, absolute absolute pleasure i hope we do it uh, hope we uh, work with them again yes hmm. i'm sure we will well listeners that's all we've got time for as i say so we'll be back in soon there'll be a little bit more bits and pieces from the recording session um after the end theme music and we'll, we'll be back again soon all right take care and uh, goodbye for now thanks nick thanks Thank you. Folks, we've got a special guest. Oh. Angie, <laughs> say hello. So this is the French voice you hear at the start of the podcast. Uh, we, we can't actually we, see you, Angie, because your video's frozen, but we can hear you. I was wondering about that. Just hold on a second. Yeah. See if I can um, turn the video off. I don't know if we turn. I don't know if we turn up <laughs> or if we're having technical oh, issues. Issues such as um. We'll have to run some music. Until then, well, hit some music. Just bear with me a second. Otter's wheel. <laughs> ah. Have yes. I compl- you just got a, a... That's actually Muffley himself there, which... Uh-huh. Um, so let's see if I... If the... Angelique, during lockdown, Angelique had these issues with... Um, no, it doesn't seem to Not want to see us at all no. now. Oh, we've got a green thing. Yes, you're all green. <laughs> Well, you can, you can hear her anyway. Um, Hello. 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 Hi. Bonjour. Well, bien, bonjour. Bienvenue. <laughs> Bienvenue au podcast. Yeah. There we go, you see. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not, I'm not sure what's happening with the video here. It's, um, uh-huh. as we know. <laughs> no, the screen of doom. Uh-huh. Um Anyway, you you heard you heard yeah. So um, keep keep let's keep going. We're all pros yep. here. So I'm yeah, yeah, she's there. Uh... <laughs>
Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Waving in the wrong places. Please. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yes, yeah, she's. Um, that was a bit cheeky of me. I, I sent her a text about 20 minutes ago saying, have a cup of tea, please. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Right. When I'm playing Fortnite with Warren, um, I got. got Warren's like, have you had your sherry yet? Because I, I, when I'm at my mum and dad's, if it's before tea, I get delivered sherry about Ooh. half an hour beforehand, or or sometimes in the afternoon, depending if I'm paying. My at a certain time, my mum brings coffee. Not because it's just it's that time of day and it's happened. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to stick the light on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more visual now. <laughs> Whereas I'm the complete opposite, unfortunately. Yeah, right. I don't. Uh, interesting. Right. But it's an interesting green. It's sort of yeah. got texture. Is it like a racing green? Or is it no, it's more like a camouflage. I think this has happened on a water screen. It's been good, but yeah, definitely time to come home now. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride48.com. Oh dear, (laughs) what's going on now? Oh, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Let's go. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. Even though. Oh, happy birthday to both of you! Because I know I think you. you've just had yours recently, Nick, and Paul's have, is yeah. coming up soonish. Yes, fifty-four, dear. Oh. I, I I can't remember if I told you when I had my COVID jab, the lady who did my COVID jab was from, from 1973. So we had a bit of, we had ah. a, bit of a 1973 chat before. I've got that thing at work that um, we've got all these like sort of ridiculously clever graduates who are like sort of 24, 25. And you do this sort of mental arithmetic and work out when they were born. It's just like, oh, my God, yeah. I am ancient. I mean, Slade was number one when I was born. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the Beatles were still making records when I was. In, yeah, yeah, true. My friend, P, my friend PJ, who has the cat who looks like Monroe, um, he, he gets born during that 1990 diary. Um, and, but, but I thought he might be interested. Oh, like, what did you do the day I was born? But youngsters are not interested uh, but it's like you know i'm working i'm working with a young lady who's 22 so she would have been born about the time my wife and i got together right so yeah. ouch <laughs> so i'm now uh, people that weren't weren't even born when i started with the nhs which... or when i started with the department of health in 1996 so when i started i still didn't have a mobile phone and what else we didn't have internet at work at that time either so, yeah. I think uh, 90, 97, I, I learned about the internet when I went back to college in, in as to, to study journalism in in ninety six, and um, I, I had my girlfriend the year after, was the first person I think I knew who had the internet, 
Um, and she plays the internet, um, the, the girl who mess, messes with the internet in um, Smile Again. Ah, um, she, it's all connected. We, 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 we dated in 96. She also, also plays the bouncer in um, uh, One More Bow. Um, but I actually... I actually split up with her the, the day I finished the script for One More Bow. Right. She doesn't have any lines in the last scene. Ah. And, and right. why she sort of reacts tersely to when she gets <laughs> I thought, that's my little goodbye gift to you. Oh, oh, dear. But yeah. no, we, we were on good terms, enough to... she And she does, um, she does both films with her then-husband, now ex-husband. Right. So, but yeah, they were, they, were, they were nice to work with at the time. Um, a quick, 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 quick anecdote um, before we go. Um, one of the things that inspired Prison in the Sun um, with the whole thing of, of stumbling onto an advert that was being yeah, famous, yeah. that's famous um, it actually come, came from a real life experience. My, my girlfriend at the time and I went on to um, Bristol Temple Mead Station and they were actually filming an advert that so they had this fake train by a real train and they had this uh, this fake broadcaster or the fake announcer mm. and um and it was like i was like this is weird what if this advert turns out to be a cult favorite you know and and it goes on and on and on that's <laughs> all the honey monster or something we are walking literally into history and um that that got the old cogs going a bit and I yeah 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 what if you actually did walk into something that was was a, a legend and um, and you knew it was a legend, but how did you know it was? And so you worked back from the idea. So yeah, that that actually came from real life. <laughs> it's it's lovely when you have those kind of sort of ideas that mm. just kind of sort of plant themselves and wave at you and say, yeah, let's run with yeah. this. Similarly, um, I uh, one more bow. The whole of that came from um, when Paul and I used to go to comic marts uh, up in the centre of London, um, and I could have sworn blind I saw Ian Martyr. Uh, um, <laughs> at one of the years. Hang on a minute, Ian Martyr's been dead for 10 years. What about if the ultimate in convention experience would be if you got somebody back who had died, you know, and, and you ha as a ghost, you know, you have them at, uh, at a convention as a ghost. And um, again, you, you kind of work backwards from that. Um, I love, love when random ideas sort of did come. Yeah, yeah. Um, Right. Right. We should, uh, um, it's been a pleasure, and absolutely soon. And I certainly like the idea of meeting or meeting mm, up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, have a lovely rest of the weekend, yep. and I'll speak to you both in some shape or form soon. Yeah. Yep. Take care. <laughs> bye. 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 <laughs> He's not all that shy. Is right. Sheesh. You know what I, you know what I wonder? What in the world size shoe do you think the Shy Eddie wears? <laughs> I don't know. I just wonder. <laughs> that, that ball is, is a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That Paul's a great guy. Great guy. 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 587 
Before we have to wrap things up. Yeah. I hope that giant baby today. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs>